Amen. Please remain standing. As um, I'm not sure who it is that's reading scripture. Texas, Texas reading our scripture this morning uh, comes out of the, the book of Genesis, chapter 37. There in your Bible, it says, uh, beginning at verse 17b. I've had people ask me over the years, well, there's not a B in the Bible. That means the second half of that, uh, of that verse. So uh, chapter 37, beginning at verse 17b. And the man said, they have gone away, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal hath devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard this, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand to restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him up out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes and returned to his brothers and said, The boy is gone, and I, where shall I go? Then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. And they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. And he identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol, to my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Almighty God, pour out your spirit upon this, your word, and make it be for us the word of life, that we might be people of life. 
Now, God, hide me behind your cross that your message of love and grace might shine through for the redemption of the world. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Most of us know heartache. Most of us know heartache. We know what it is to go through difficult times uh, in our lives. Uh, a number of years ago, my, my wife and I went through a difficult time like that. It's a picture of us right about the time when we found out that uh, Amy was pregnant with, her second, with our second child. We, had, we were in, a, uh, at a, uh, in Boston at the time. We had some friends that we were in seminary. And by the way, we were, when we went to seminary, when, when, when we knew that I was, <clears throat> I knew that I was going to be a pastor when we got married, and our plan was to wait until we got out of seminary to have any children. Well, um, when we moved to Kentucky to seminary, we were, uh, she was five months pregnant. <laughs> and uh, so we had our first child uh, when we were in Kentucky, and we were waiting. We were going to wait until, um, until we got out of seminary to have our second child. Well, uh, you can see Morgan here is around, um, around a year old or so when we found out that, we were, uh, that Amy was pregnant again. We were uh, surprised, <laughs> not planning this at all. Uh, however... Uh, however, um, we were, she was uh, five or six weeks into the pregnancy and started having some complications. And, and again, we had already had one child, and so we had already read all of the books. We had read the What to Expect When You're Expecting book. We had read, uh, this is before Google, and so you had to have actual books uh, when, to, to know what to be afraid for. Uh, but we knew, <clears throat> we knew that something was going on. And so... Uh, we, we went to the doctor, and um, they, immediately, they immediately put her into the hospital and told us that it was an ectopic pregnancy, and I, I, I didn't know what that was. It's where the, the fertilized egg gets caught in a fallopian tube and uh, does not make, make its way down to the, to the uterus whereas the, or the womb. And so there's, there's nothing you can do with an ectopic pregnancy. If, if you let that pregnancy go on, um, both, I mean, the, the, the child, the, the, the fertilized egg has no chance of ever, ever surviving. And, uh, and the mother also likely will not survive. And so the only thing you can do is, is to terminate the pregnancy. Now, I mean, obviously, there's, there's lots, of, uh, lots of talks about, about those kinds of things. Uh, uh, literally, there was, there, was nothing, there was nothing that could be done. Those were dark days. Hard days. Days that we'll never forget. We've had all had dark days. We know what it's like to have a dark day. We know what it's like to have a, a doctor come and tell us something that we did not want to hear at all. We know, we know what it's like to, to come to a church and say goodbye to a loved one that's died out of order. It was not their time. We know, we know what it's like to have a spouse come home and say... <laughs> I'm done. We're done. We know what it's like to have a child that's 
turned their back upon us. Broken relationship with the rest of the family. We know what it's like for a boss to come to us and have news that we didn't want to hear. We didn't that we didn't want to hear. We know we know what it's like to to make a mistake, and that's 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 caused us to go down a wrong path. We know what it's like to uh, to 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 have to feel like you're in a tunnel and you're not sure. I mean, you can't even begin to see the end of that tunnel, and the darkness just seems to go on forever. We know what it's like to have habits that throughout the years turn into addictions. We know, we know dark days. Joseph knew dark days too. No doubt, Joseph knew dark days. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the foundational stories out of the book of Genesis. These great, these great characters out of the book of Genesis, we've looked at Abraham's life, we looked at his son Isaac's life, we looked at, at one of his sons, uh, Jacob's life, and now, uh, last week and this week and, the, and, and next week as well, <clears throat> we'll be looking at one of, one of Jacob's sons, uh, the 11th born son in the family by the name of Joseph. Uh, Joseph was uh, the most beloved son in all of the family. We saw how last week that, that the father, uh, his father Jacob, he, he knew better than to pick favorites in the family. He knew better because he had been a favorite over his older brother Esau, and it created all kinds of problems in the family. But Jacob chose this 11th uh, born son uh, as his favorite, probably because, uh, now again, this was a different day and a different time, uh, probably because uh, uh, Joseph was born to Jacob's favorite wife, uh, favorite wife, and he was the firstborn son of his favorite wife. And so Joseph had a had a real special place in Jacob's heart, so special that last week we saw how uh, how, how how Jacob had blessed Joseph with this with this coat of uh, either it was a coat of multiple colors or it was an, an or, ornate coat or it was a coat that with with long sleeves or or long robe we're not exactly sure what it was but what we know is that it 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 told everyone that Joseph was never going to have to work a day in his life because you didn't ever work in an ornately colored coat or a or a coat with long sleeves he was he was the favored child to be sure and, and, and I hear some folks, as they, as they read through the passage of Scripture, as they read through our Scripture from last Sunday about how Joseph had these dreams, Joseph can sometimes come across as someone who was a bit arrogant, a bit, a bit full of himself. And, and we don't, I mean, some of us don't really like Joseph because we've had, we've had a sibling that was the favored sibling, and, and none of us like the favored sibling. But as you read through this, as you read through this story, I'm not sure that's exactly uh, Joseph's personality. So we have our scripture today. Uh, again, he was the favorite child. He was the one that was that was not called to do any work, and so his father Jacob told him, "Hey, go go check on your brothers. They're out in the fields, and they are they're watching over the flocks. I want you to go out and check on them, and then come back and report to me." Again, no doubt. No doubt he was the favored child. And no doubt his brothers absolutely hated him because of that. Absolutely hated Joseph because of, because of that. And so in our passage today, his brothers came up with this great plan that they were going to kill, they were going to 
kill uh, their brother. They were going to kill their brother Joseph. But instead of, of killing him, the oldest brother, Reuben, said, no, 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 we, 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 can't, we can't actually kill him. We can't do that. We can't do that at all. Instead, let's just throw him in that cistern. And he was thinking that he might be able to come along later and, and rescue him. But his, but his other older brothers, they said, well, why in the world? I mean, we know that we want to get rid of him because he's the favored and he is going to, he's going to rule over this. We don't want him in our family. So instead, let's just, let's just sell him into slavery. And so that's what, we, that's what they did. I mean, it's a fascinating story as you read through the story. So Joseph finds himself being sold by his brothers into slavery into, into Egypt. And he, was, he finally arrived at, at Potiphar's house. Potiphar was, a, uh, was, uh, was, was in the government. He was, a, he was an official there in Egypt. And, and so as you read through all of the story, if, if you read through the rest of chapter 38 even, or excuse me, chap, beginning in chapter 39 through 40, you really don't hear anything about Joseph's mindset. You have no idea. It doesn't tell you that Joseph was in distress at all. It doesn't tell you that Joseph trusted the Lord. It doesn't tell you anything that was going on in, in Joseph's mind and in his life. But we can begin to imagine, can't we? Because we've seen those same kind of dark days. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. Again, not, not by some uh, foreigner that came in and took over his country. No, he was sold as a slave by his own flesh and blood. And if that wasn't bad enough, if that wasn't bad enough, he was sold in, uh, into a household. Again, by the, uh, the, the, uh, his owner's name was Potiphar. Uh, and, and the scripture says that Joseph was a, was a good-looking man. He was easy on the eyes. <laughs> And he was a young, strong man, and Potiphar's wife had her eye on this slave boy, and she desired him. And so as the story goes, he, she began to pursue him, pursue him so much, and he knew it was wrong, and so he escaped from her as she literally was grabbing at him, and she was st left standing there with his cloak. And so she didn't know what she was going to do. She was angry that this young slave boy had resisted her. And so she made a false accusation against Joseph. And he said, he tried to attack me. Potiphar, obviously, was absolutely furious at this young slave boy. So furious that he had the young slave boy, Joseph, put in prison. Again, we don't know, we don't know what... Joseph's mindset is, but here's a couple of times throughout this story, uh, throughout this story uh, in, 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 in chapter 39, it says, when, when, he was, when he was in Potiphar's house, it says, the Lord was with Joseph. And then when he was put into prison, it says, the Lord was with Joseph. And again, the Lord was with him. Whatever he did, the Lord made him succeed. Whatever he did, wherever he went, no matter the darkest day, the Lord was with him. He finds himself in prison. He's able to interpret dreams. You remember last week that we had some, a story about Joseph and his dreams. He was able to interpret a dream for, the, for Pharaoh's cupbearer and for Pharaoh's baker. 
he interpreted the dream appropriately, and, and the cupbearer was freed from prison. But when the cupbearer got out of jail, he forgot, he forgot Joseph at all. And Joseph stayed in prison another two years. Joseph knew dark days, but he also knew that the Lord was with him. So when the doctor came in and said um, Amy had an ectopic pregnancy and that uh, the, uh, the baby was not going to be able to live and if we didn't do something, Amy was not going to be able to live, um, it was, I mean, well, I, I was 25 years old. I was a young kid. Uh, we had some people some seminary friends and professors and a pastor that walked with us. Because they walked with us, we, know, we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord was with us. I've seen it time and time and time again. When we're at the end of our rope, when it seems like there is nowhere else to turn, when it seems like there is no answer, when it seems like there is something in front of us that is absolutely insurmountable, I want to, I want to affirm for you today that the Lord is with you. No matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter. It pales in comparison to the love of God through Jesus Christ. The Lord has heard your cry, and the Lord is with you. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. No matter, no matter the number of months that it's been, no matter the number of years that it's been, don't lose hope. Because the Lord is with you. Would you bow with me? God, when we are enslaved, when we are imprisoned, you are with us. When the enemy falsely accuses us, when it feels like you have abandoned us, help us to know that you are with us. When we are down to nothing, oh Lord, we know that you are up to something. Those who are full of despair, those who are facing a seemingly insurmountable issue in their life, you want to tell them today that it's going to be okay. You've got this. You are with them. Help us to have ears that hear today. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.